Renaturing is bringing together all of the pieces of who we are at the deepest, most natural level to a cohesive, conscious whole. This means stripping away what we learned but doesn't serve us anymore. It means learning, relearning who we are and how to trust that. Because once we have that knowledge and trust, we get to be who we were always meant to be. It feels like freedom or coming home. It feels like predestiny because we stray so far becoming denatured in our effort to become modern day humans. I'm Betsy Kudlinski. I learned how to be a modern human. I did it and had all the things I was supposed to, but I was desperately sick and unhappy, lost. I felt trapped in a cage, but I couldn't see the bars. Some part of me knew this was wrong. I knew I was meant for more, or at least something different. How could life possibly be about miserably trudging along until I died? This podcast is about the essential pieces in the process of renaturing. It's only about me in as much as my story can be helpful as a material example of renaturing. Really, it's about you and all of us. Return to your nature. Hey, I am back. This is the last episode in the first season of Return to Your Nature. Um, and this is this is actually the episode that I'm that I've been really excited about because it's it's tying up all the loose ends, but it's what happens at the end, what happens when you can get there um, to renaturing. And so um the first episode was just talking about my life, my journey up till now. Um, the second episode was talking about renaturing, what it is, what I see it as. Um, the third episode was about freedom, the feeling of freedom. Um, then talking about the body and how incredibly important the body is the feeling of being trapped. And um, I think that it's a feeling that a lot more of us can identify with than we even realize. Um, trauma and not just um, the really horrible, awful, um, you know, assaults and war and, um, natural and unnatural disasters, but just the way we um, coped to uh, learn to live and what we go through now um, on our everyday journey that we don't realize is awful. Um, our expectations, our expectations of ourselves and how everybody else expects us to be or what we see that they expect us to be. Um, our energy, whether you're, we're talking about um, the scientific definitions of energy or the uh, holistic medicine type definitions of energy. Um, creativity and less about artistic creativity, more about creating our own lives. And that was the last episode on creativity. And um, one of the things that I want to make absolutely sure 
that I'm sure you all know, if anybody has listened to this podcast, is nothing in my mind is linear. And that's entirely true of this entire process. It's kind of like the um, stages of grief um, that we, a lot of us know about. Um, you don't go through the stages of grief in order. You can be doing three of them at once and feel like you're, you've got multiple personalities. You can be doing them um, in a completely separate order than the one that, that is laid out in the books. Um, but it's all correct. It's all true to you. And that's how renaturing goes. It's, it's a spiral. I frequently look at it as a spiral because you come back around to the same types of topics again and again and again, but you're always in a different space. You're a little bit further along. And sometimes it feels like you're spiraling down. So you're a little bit behind where you were. Um, but that's, that's never actually true. Um, but there's, it's, it's never just in this order. You know, you don't, you don't go from the from the body to figuring out where your traumas are and what expectations you are um, burdened with. Um, it's it's everything. Everything is everything. Um, so that's kind of like the biggest thing that I want to point out. And um, finally, this final episode, the thing that I love to talk about is. Um, when you get renatured, when you are renatured, or when you're a little bit further down in the process of renaturing. Um, and this is always kind of the, the concept that you can do a little bit, and then next time you'll be able to do a little bit more, and the next time you can do a little bit more. So um, what I say is that you can walk your own path in life and um, not have to do what everybody has told you to do or what you thought you needed to do. And so I like to call it bushwhacking because it's, it's more fun and I like to hike. And um, so I think about the one place, um, physical location, um, throughout my life that I have felt comfortable bushwhacking and just going off trail and wandering in the woods. And um, it's, it's a piece of property that I, um, I know pretty well. I have lived there a few times and um, you know, I, I've thought about that. I've thought about the fact that I spend kind of a lot of time in the woods, whether it's parks or um, just empty spaces or wherever. And I always stay on the trail. I'm such a good doobie. <laughs> like that's part of my part of my um, programming is to be good. And so I stay on the trail and I always want to get further and explore. So I go on the smaller trails and the trails that other people have made. And it turns out that's kind of how I've lived my life. Um, by being so good, I only do what's been laid out for me. And sometimes I'll look for another way um, and feel trapped, right? 
um, trapped within this narrow or, you know, narrow wide channel that's smooth and paved for me. But I look at all the beauty around me and I can't go out there because I'm supposed to stay on the trail. And so I look for ways to get out of the path that I've been, that I've put myself on. And so I'll go in onto smaller and smaller paths. Um, but there's still where other people have gone and there's still where I um, feel safe that I can find my way back. And that's, and that's what it is, right? You know, I mean, I don't, when I go out hiking, I want to make sure that I can get home, that I'm not going to starve, that I'm not going to die. I'm not going to, God forbid, somebody have to come look for me. The end of the world if somebody has to come help me, if I put anybody out. So I have to stay on the path. I have to stay on the path of my entire life and do what I'm, what's okay, what's prescribed. And this one place, physical location in my life, um, I know this property well. I know, like, I've, I've looked at maps. I know what it looks like. I know where the edges of it are. I know... Um, the topography, I know like where, where the high points are, where the low points are. Um, like there's a hill over here and it goes downhill this whole way. And then there's like a road here and then it goes up and down and then it goes up and it, like, but I know the edges. I know the boundaries of this property. I know where I live in New England. I know where the stone walls are. And so I know if I run into a stone wall on this area of the property, I know which direction I can follow it, you know, uphill or downhill or across, you know, from which direction I've, I've run into the stone wall. I know that I can hit a corner or I know I've hit a boundary of the property. And so, um, like I, I know the edges and the other thing I was thinking about, about this property is that there aren't paths and trails through this property. I mean, there's, there's old woods roads um, and there are game trails. If you are sensitive enough to see the game trails, you can follow game trails, which is kind of fun for me, but most of the animals are small enough that I can't fit under the trees. So, um, I can color outside the lines. I can be creative. I can um, um, kind of assess how much energy I have and know that I can wander in this direction and I'm going to be able to make it back. Like physically, you know, we all have, I talked about um, spoons um, in one of my, in the, in the energy podcast, I, um, having spoons. And so I know how many spoons I have and I know the general lay of the land and okay, this is a lot of uphill, but you know, it only goes for so long so I can meander around and still have enough energy to get back home. And I think that <clears throat> these things are super important. And I love to use this 
bushwhacking and this piece of property as a metaphor for walking your own path in life and using that creativity because like I know where the bogs are, like the boggy places where it gets waterlogged and you know, I, I have to either, I have to either wear waders when I go through there or I go around it, you know, like those are hard spots to go through. And it doesn't mean that they're not fun. Like there's, there's like, there's a specific boggy area, wet area, marshy that um, deer lay in. It's, a, it's called a deer yard. Um, the grass gets really, really high there and they, you know, if you, if you go through the muck, um, it's a place where, I mean, I've never actually seen the deer there, but they, they go there every night. And so the grass is, um, flattened and there's droppings and you can just like get in there. It's like this magical little place. And to me, it's worth going through the muck to get to the good stuff there. Um, kind of like it's worth figuring out the hard stuff um, with my body and with my traumas. It's worth doing it because I get to see these beautiful pockets within myself that I didn't know were there or can't access without um, contemplating the rough stuff. So that's, that's what I can <clears throat> consider when I think about bushwhacking. And, and I, I want everybody to be able to do that. I really want me to be able to do that. I really want me to be able to do that with my life and not stay on the prescribed roads, you know, whether we're talking like, um, like rail car, you know, you get into a train and it, it just takes you wherever you're supposed to go. That's kind of like grade school, right? Like they, they put you on the bus and you get in the train and you go and you are taken wherever they're going, period. That's it. And then you can kind of get onto the expressway when you go to college, for instance, or get off into, you know, you, you, uh, you went immediately into working, Brian. Um, but again, it's like you, you follow these big main roads and then maybe you think about breaking off and going, um, getting a family or getting a job. And so you go to a smaller road and it might not be, you know, you might have not have decided to be a doctor, a lawyer. Um, uh, what, are, what are the other really big ones? that you're supposed to be. <laughs> Can you think of anything of those big ones? Doctor, lawyer, executive, yeah. CEO. Right. Those type of things. Maybe you decide to be a veterinarian or an architect or, um, you know, there's like other tiers and you can get on to like, you know, route one or, um, <laughs> you know, one of those, it's, it's a main road. It's got tons of stops along the way, but it's not, it's not very residential. Like, you know, it's not, you don't, 
you don't get to see the scenery a whole lot on those big big roots and then you know maybe maybe you want to get off and get a family and go into suburbia for instance and maybe there's bits of um bits of wilderness like in between you know where you work and where you play or where you live and maybe you you get off to play a little bit and these are still paved roads because that's easier. It's way easier. And where I live, there's actually a lot of dirt roads and that's kind of fun. I like the dirt roads. They're rough and um, mucky because <laughs> we have an entire season that's mud season. Um, but at least they're not the paved roads. Like you have to actually slow down a little bit and see what's going on around you um and then around here um northern new england has uh what we call rail trails which is they used to be um they used to be the uh, where there were rails like where where there was train tracks and they've ripped up the train tracks but they maintain them these um trails for people to walk on walk um snowmobile atv run bike ride ride horses um recreate <laughs> um and then you can go on smaller trail systems and um you know and then within the trail systems there's usually places where people have made little walking paths that are interesting and fun but each of these times you're you're following where other people have been and um i don't know about you guys but i i want to stop like so i'm driving along on a route or between like suburbia in the city right like and i see something that's beautiful and i want to stop but there's not like there's not an easy way off the road right you know there's not like a turn off a pull off and and it you know it's just so much easier to just go home and you know you don't want to inconvenience somebody you don't want to inconvenience yourself you, you we're just so stuck in our the way that our brains work like we're so stuck in our own ruts on these these roads that we've created in our brains that we don't there's always reasons not to be creative there's always reasons not to step off the beaten path and bushwhack with our lives with our afternoon um there's it's much more comfortable we're creatures of habit and we've created these habits over long periods of time so they say that an old dog you can't teach an old dog new tricks. And that's not at all true. You totally can. It's just that the old dog, like an old person, or like, you know, an adult person, can only, you know, has has figured out how to do things in a roundabout way. Like, we always get there in a roundabout way. Nobody tells us exactly the easiest way to do things. And, you know, if they do, then good Lord, if you try to tell somebody or myself, if I try to tell myself that there's got to be another way to do this or a better way, well, no, because I was taught to do it this way. So this is the only way to do it. So we have 
these ways that we do things and we are programmed both by culture but also by animal animal nature to stay safe to do things the way that we were always taught to do things and i don't necessarily agree the way that the way that we were taught to do things is the best way for us um i think that often the way we were taught to do things is the best way for other people to make money off of us (laughs) or for us to be good responsible citizens or um geez even just good kids and not cause our parents too much trouble and i can think of a ton of times in my life where following those guides you know like following those roads was not the best thing for me and I can think of times in my life where I stopped paying attention to the inner nature my inner nature to the inner voice saying but that I don't want to do it that way and those are the times those were the times in my life where I chose to stop paying attention to my own inner nature and that I you know I mean I can I can practically mark those off in the calendar of when things kind of turn towards bad for me when I stopped fighting for myself and um, paying attention to myself and listening to my body and um, living creatively and um, I stopped well anything <laughs> everything I just stayed on the roads um, the other thing that I was thinking about with along with this is that um, you know I, I grew up hearing that humans only use a fraction of their brain capacity and then you know in all those um uh memes whatever on things that you know myths that we learned um it says no that's not true we use all of our brains and um that's true we use all of our brains we don't have like sections of our brains that we don't use but what they meant or what could have been meant is that we have um kind of like wiring um electrical wiring because neurons are electrical like we were talking about in the energy podcast um we have kind of an infinite number of potential neuronal connections you know we've got a ton of neurons in our brain and we use all of them but they can connect to different neurons in different ways than we use and something something like more 
more potential connections than there are stars in the universe or something like that. So that sounds fairly infinite to me. But once we make a connection between neurons and we make a neural pathway and then we keep making that neural pathway, we create a myelin sheath, which um, is like putting that plastic insulation around an electrical cord so that that is the way that the impulses go. I don't even want to say no to go. That's just the way that they go because they're insulated to go that way. Um, but we have a gazillion other potential pathways and we don't use them because we get stuck in a rut. Literally, like we've created an insulated pathway and that's the only way that we go. So I've only ever learned to do life the way that 1980s and 90s American school taught, American public school taught me to do life. And then coming out of that into um, nine, uh, the 2000s, how to be an employee. And then um, from there, you know, like that's, that's how I learned to do life. Those are the pathways that got myelinated in my brain. And um, that's not the only way to be. Brian, I know that you get creative and you do things um, and you don't have the same inhibitions that I do on a lot of things. I'm sure you've got them elsewhere or you've got patterns that your mind has set itself that are different from mine but just as firmly set and I suspect that there are plenty of places in your life where you feel trapped and um, like you need to get out of that rut but it's hard to get out of the rut the other thing I was this is you don't need me to throw so much stuff at you but um Uh, rail railways are uh, what is it four foot eight inches wide because Roman chariots were four foot eight inches wide. That's how wide the wheels were, and mm -hmm. they were the ones that made the ruts all over Europe. And if you made a wagon, a different width than four foot eight inches wide then it would break its wheels and so when they went to make rail cars they had to follow the same because that's the length of axle or whatever like that's that was just the way the machinery was built to make it so and um if you go all the way to um now the space shuttle um, engines, something or other, are, it would be better if they were a little bit wider, but they have to be built to the specs of the railways that go through a specific tunnel to get to where they're going. And they have to, so they have to fit on this. And so 2,200 years later or whatever, <laughs> Um, 
our aerospace program is defined by Roman chariots. And so it's hard for us to change. It's really hard for us to change. We have to change the myelin sheathing on our neurons. We have to change the Roman chariots. We have to change the way that you know, public school or private school or whatever you went to taught you to be Catholic school. Jesus, can you imagine just getting hit by rulers all the time? Um, these are really hard things to do. And, you know, for me, I, I live this. I live these principles that I've talked about. And, um, and each time that I come up, come upon something, I almost look at it with like this sense of uh, stimulation and delight, like, oh yeah, let's attack this. Let's break this down and make it, you know, get past this. And I feel like I have an infinite number of rutted places that I need to figure out a new way to be. And often, like I know Brian, you and I have talked about when going into um, coaching, life coaching, whatever we call it. Um, both of us are so excited to do this that we would both love to just quit our day job, just quit and go do life coaching. And both of us are pretty sensible critters and um, neither of us have done that to date that I know of. <laughs> um, but what I will say is that my body, my um, fibromyalgia that has been mostly quiet for like 10 years, maybe nine years, has just spiked to the point where I just had to stop working. I can't afford to do that. This is not like a choice I made. This is, I can't go to work. I've had a migraine for three and a half weeks and I can't function. Um, and it's interesting over the last week as I have been not functioning, um, I've been sleeping more and more and watching, watching as I got like almost more sick and I know that what's ahead of me is abject poverty and more doctors that I can imagine and trying to figure out how to, you know, stay living and make this happen. And what it's really done for me also is bring me to an incredibly pared down place of knowing exactly what's important to me. You know, a week ago, what was what I was thinking was, well, if I can get this under control over the next few years, then you know, I can I can figure out how to you know coach and help people and stuff. And you know, I, I don't really intend to stop doing that at any point. I will continue to coach people as I'm able. But just in the last two or three days, um, with just kind of overwhelming 
pain in my head and just constant nausea and um, muscle and joint pain for no reason at all and irritable bowel syndrome and um, dizziness and some confusion and just overwhelming, just bleh. <laughs> um, it's interesting. I can accept this. I can deal with this. The things I couldn't deal with were the idea of doing this without my partner or without like my dogs. Like this is, I, I have gone from, okay, I can do all the things. I just can't do them a lot because I know I have fibromyalgia. So I need to, you know, keep my day job to the bare minimum. So I was working only enough hours to pay my bills and then, um, doing and doing coaching on the side. And then it went from that to, okay, cool, I'll do coaching on the side and give up everything else, including all my bills. Am I gonna have to sell my car? I'm not really sure, I think probably. And down from there to, okay, I just need to not be alone through this, but I can do it. And I know that what, who I will be once I feel better, once I go through all the doctors and all of the meds that don't actually make you feel better and all those things, who I will be will be a whole nother level of renatured because I have to get set with my body. I have to build trust because my body does not trust me. It's been telling me for the last year that it's done and over and I've been doing everything I could to compromise and say, oh, I'll cut my hours. Oh, I'll do the things that I really enjoy in addition to, you know, other things that aren't good for me. And, oh, I'll do this and I'll do that. But, you know, just, just, we'll get there eventually. So instead of saying, I'm going to quit my job and be a life coach. I now get to do nothing, <laughs> which is a whole other thing. So I totally want to come back to this podcast and do another season or more. But right now there's going to be a pause while I get a neurologist among other things, <laughs> and figure out how to cope and see if I have to go on long-term disability or not and decide if uh, ugh, there's all kinds of decisions to make. But I'm doing this one step at a time. I'm doing this completely the way my body needs to be taken care of. I am addressing all of my traumas and social programming because there's no other way for me to get better. That's what fibromyalgia is, is like a compounding of all of the stuff that I've done to myself or has been done to me. And I'm going to get creative on figuring out how to live my life 
within the confines of my um, condition. Yeah. But I'm not done. I have in my past been suicidal and I don't feel that way now. Like I feel depressed because I'm in pain all the time and I can't do the things that I love to do. But I don't feel as darker as black as I have at other times in my life, which is really kind of interesting. It almost feels like a relief. I get, I get, I have to listen to my body. I have to heal. And so that's my only job right now. And the rest of it is going to have to sort itself out. So that's what I'm going to do. The beauty of it is you're blazing a new trail through the forest that somebody else can follow one day. So, yeah, <laughs> I would encourage them to try their own way to do it because I probably should have mm -hmm. done this a while ago. But yes, <laughs> I am blazing my own way through this. Support this podcast through the link in the episode description and get a chance to hear post episode conversations. Help me decide on content and future guests. Ask questions, get answers. In the meantime, check out my website. Links can also be found in the description. I'm a freedom guide. If what I'm talking about, about renaturing and freedom and walking your own path, makes you tingle all over or cry or jump up and down, I'm available and would be delighted to work one-on-one -on -one with you.